On today's episode, the boys talk March Madness, all the crazy upsets that have happened, and who's leading the bracket pool. We have Nick Minjone on for the full episode to help us with some UFC talk, but it stays on for NFL talk, Aaron Rodgers, and some NBA MVP talk. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! <laughs> you should never, ever do this to, like... Now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie telling you, like, what you should be putting your money. <laughs> Guess the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's certainly know. not with this group. Nope. And, and, Sh- <laughs> and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's just a loser. Well, George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money is ah. in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. Tyler, good to see you tonight. Oh, um, hi, Sean. You, this guy in the middle here, he, he that's not George Brandt. No. That's not our good friend, George Brandt. I, I don't know who this, this slender man. If, if listeners remember, he was our UFC shark. He's stepping in for, for Jeever tonight. Man, a loud and uninformed fan favorite. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the show. Um, You know, just got my ass kicked in an Orange Theory class. But when Sean gives you the call, calls you up to the majors, you gotta you gotta step up to the plate. You gotta rearrange a few things. Are you an Orange Theory guy? Yeah, I go twice a week. No way, that's hype. Yeah. What what exactly is Orange Theory for for the education of both myself and our many listeners? It's a it's a two well sort of three level hit workout class. You do rowing, treadmill, and then a weight floor. Oh, okay exercise but today was a brutal treadmill day so huh every time i walk by there i just i see a bunch of people that that look like they're probably really... see you probably see a lot of girls walking out of there um no but they look uh everybody looks miserable so that's uh yeah. the hallmark of a good a good workout place no one should be leaving happy it's a good workout um yeah. it's fun and i'm getting a little uh a little sick of it to be honest with you but <laughs> what the girls aren't getting I'm ready to play normal sports again no our our uh our buddy and probably not a listener Dan Mahoney is also a uh has has gotten into solid core big time so maybe that could be your next thing oh I don't know what that is but it's like uh it's like Pilates but like super like rich Pilates Pilates. I've done a there's there's a zero percent chance that's my next thing but yeah it's like the uh it's like the Erewhon of workout plans (laughs) You got to get back into grappling, man. You got to get into the. Now I do. Have you done it at all? Yeah, I was in. I was in jujitsu for almost two years. No way. Um, my, my first place closed down. Shout out to Riberio Jujitsu in Philadelphia. Um, closed down, unfortunately. Went to another place and then I moved again. So, huh. looking for a new gym. Anyone yeah, wants yeah. to you do me that off, the, off the pod? Let me know. Jeeber. Uh, he was actually joining. We had your replacement lined up. He, he's, yeah, yeah, you were. Hey, I'll go I take an hour, no problem. You were no, no. very <laughs> eager to replace me. No, we weren't. Me and Skyler talked, and we just said uh, our voices are golden tonight. We need. Don't ask me to audition for you. No, no, I'm I'm glad because I did. I don't know if we've talked about UFC yet, but I wanted to brush uh, over that. Yeah, we've talked about nothing. Oh, okay. Good. We talked about Minja's um, fitness classes. Yeah, so unless you had some good sights on that coming in. Minja looks like a big Pilates guy. Pages of notes about Orange Theory, and we just blew right past it. (laughs) Yeah, disappointing. That's what happens when you're late. You miss the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How'd the move go? Uh, I mean, it like the Wi-Fi pissed me off. That's the reason I was late to everything is because I get there, I'm trying to hook up the router. And then it just, it, I, I couldn't get it hooked up. Xfinity. Is, the, uh, is the Sweet Prince of Idaho there yet? No, I think he gets here Friday. That's exciting. So, it's yeah. exciting. All right, well, we probably should talk about sports at some point, huh? Just yeah. about to play. We've got a full crew here, which which I'm happy about. Um, do you want to start out with some March Madness? I know. Uh, Let's do it. My pool in the big loud and uninformed pool, which plenty plenty of us, plenty of people have joined, which is great. It'd be a nice reward. Thank you, listeners. And give a quick highlight here. Uh Marco Poliski's in first, which is my brother's friend, who I think <laughs> is a listener, but he can only listen through Google 
podcast, so I've been tracking <laughs> on there. Are you on that? The whole thing. I we are on. I I str- I struck a deal with Google and uh, Jeff Bezos nice. on the Amazon podcast as well. Really? Um, yeah, I called up Jeff and I said, "You're not calling. You're not buying the Commanders, but you can buy Loud and Uninformed exclusively." Is he deal. not buying the Commanders? Similar size deal. There is refusing to sell to him. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Harris, the Sixers owner, and a like a private equity. Firm. Really? The uh, Magic Johnson joined Can the. Sell the Sixers right? when he does that. That'd be nice. <laughs> Maybe. Now he's building that billion-dollar stadium in the middle of the city, probably where you yeah. live. <laughs> yeah. I also saw that the Rockets, the Rockets owner, was putting in a bid a little while ago. I saw Magic Johnson today. Like, I don't know when that team's ever going to sell. It might just Off be in the all town, the- though. It's it's eminent because they're cleaning out like the storage facilities. And so, uh, oh really? So, so it, talk of the town is it's about to happen, but it's literally just people are like Bezos could offer him unlimited money, but Snyder. It's just like so anti-Bezos because the whole Washington Post stories that were like smearing. Yeah, they're cleaning out the storage room, aka they're just shredding all the the boxes of sexual yeah, harassment. He's gonna out. give up billions of dollars for a grudge. Yeah, seriously, he is. But I mean, when you're gonna make seven billion dollars off the sale anyway, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but but I mean, I think Bezos will just buy Seattle. When's the last time an NFL team was sold? Uh, Panthers. No, Denver, not too long ago. Or oh, Panthers. yeah, yeah, that happened more recently. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was last year, two years ago. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of buying things, uh, Sean, since this was a last-minute call, my rates doubled, just so you know, by the way. <laughs> no, you do it as a friend, as a friend, right? Nick, we'll give you all of the advertising yeah. revenue. You can yeah. have twice yeah. the percentage of revenues that we're bringing in. You can lock us that in. That means you owe us. I, I, don't, I, don't do, I don't do that. <laughs> we have a percentage of for, of listeners, but I don't get an ad revenue percentage. Listen, well, I don't. Jeeve and Skylar don't even get the royalties deal right now. I own one hundred percent of royalties, so I'll give you five percent of the royalties. Sean's doing it right. I love yeah, that. someday, someday I hope to claw myself a percent of two or equity, but yeah, you <laughs> gotta put your time in. Um, he's learned a lot from us business sharks. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, growing up in the neighborhood. Talk about sharks. Let's talk about our bracket pool. Yeah. Thank you for joining. Uh, so Mark, he's in first place right now, but the person with the highest points left is in second, and that's Luke Garrison, who has Houston winning, is a sixteen seventy total left, which is pretty damn good. Most As people- does Mark. A lot of teams, uh, a lot of a lot of people picked Houston. I really didn't think yeah. that that was going to be a very popular pick, but it seems to be the most popular pick, at least in the pools I'm in. My my bracket was looking great until about like 6 p.m. on Sunday. And then Marquette lost. Gonzaga stayed strong, but they don't, I don't know. They struggled with TCU. So yeah. I could be I could be circling the drain with my I picked, I picked TCU over Gonzaga because I really just didn't think that they would. And man, I thought it was so good. And it looks good. So close. Looks good for a bit. Uh, I don't know if anybody had money on that game. Yeah. The another, but that was a... <laughs> oh yeah, the dude. With 0.7 left, they rolled the ball up and he just chucked Oh, my God. Gave him a uh, plus. pretty bad. Oh, my God. Why do everyone always – why does everyone always call that a bad beat, though? Isn't it a, isn't it a very nice win for half the people? Yeah. Yeah, but I think the, the, the people who lost on it will remember it more than the people who won on it. Are you kidding me? I'd be I'd be ecstatic. As somebody who has suffered bad beats and good You beats, remember them a lot more. You yeah. remember pain a lot more than you remember joy. Stop gambling. <laughs> battle, man. You keep fighting back. You have to claw your way back. Um, I thought the whole point was that the winds feel so good that that's what you're chasing. <laughs> that's know. a never, never betting again moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So what about the tournament in general? You guys think it's been a good March Madness so far or something missing? How, how have you guys been feeling about it? I feel like I feel like every year there's one underdog that kind of captures the hearts and it should have been fairly Dickinson, but they got bounced a little too early. And now we have to marinate on Princeton, who's probably the least likable underdog ever because yeah. like all of these guys, because normally it's like, man, this is going to be like the best, the best like two weeks of these kids lives. And it's like not for these guys are all like IB analysts, like they're going to be on a yacht. <laughs> and, and I, like I hate all of you. And did you see the video of campus after they won? 
And we're going to the Sweet yeah, Sixteen. Yeah, the library. We kids in the library and stuff. So I, I hate you guys so much. Like this is terrible. Yeah, um, I mean, there's been a lot of upsets, which have been fun to watch. But I don't know, but Min, do you have a point there? Sorry, I cut you off. No, I I was gonna say um, the tournament was fun for me until it went a little bit downhill when uh, Purdue. Um, forgot or just never learned how to break a press. Wasn't that like the fourth or fifth game of the day? <laughs> no, it was it was the second day. Luckily, I got to enjoy the. Oh, okay. uh, have a little bit of fun, and then that was the end of the bracket for me. I had Purdue winning it all last year. I'm just not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> it's almost unfathomable that they've lost to a third, a fourteen, a fifteen, and a sixteen in three straight tournaments. Yeah, they lost St. Peter's last year. it's unfathomable that they've lost this way but i mean i i stand true if i called one thing right this year it's that you can't win with a seven foot four immobile white guy you did say that can't win but they did the weird thing is is that they did during the regular season enough to be a one seed in a pretty good conference so i don't i don't know why it doesn't work i think that you don't get like five days where you're just sitting there drawing up a game plan and it's like do or die against like no that that's the big thing about the tournament and what makes it fun is teams don't have time to prepare for the matchup that they have so you're you're playing big 10 games all year they played two three two, three zones, half court man. Then you come up with a team that's full court pressing you for 40 minutes. And you're like, I don't know what to do. And that's what but happened. Purdue has relatively good guard play. Like I can't pinpoint as to no, they said right at the beginning, you pressure it. their guards, they'll cough it up. They, yeah. they called it out. I get I, what you're saying. Like the lawyer kid's supposed to be good. Uh, I don't, I don't remember which one. It's not Foster, but um, Fletcher. One of the yeah. Fletcher. Um, but they're like, there's a couple guys that you think would be good, but man, they were not. <laughs> you guys think that pressure of, uh, them losing, having all those upsets on their, on their record book, they kind of got rattled to start the game after they're tight. Yeah. They saw, they saw the score get away from them and that the intrusive thoughts set in. Here we go again. Yeah. I saw some, uh, interesting Twitter discourse about like from, uh, from mostly like the football crowd. That's like, how does Matt Painter still have a job? Like surely he'll get fired after this. It's like, yeah, college basketball is not really like that. Like you kind of find the guy and like, I mean, <laughs> but it is interesting, right? That's three yeah. years in a row. That's pretty bad. <laughs> it's and, and the truth is, is like the game plan wasn't working. The statistically shortest team in college basketball was just running circles around your gigantic guy. They weren't even. Yeah, a- that's your whole game plan. Yeah, and that's your whole game plan. Take him out. When it was a close game with five minutes left, I was just, I was like, take Edie out of the game and just he put was it. The in only the- one who I thought could score, though. That is true. That's the big. That was another well, big problem. Yeah, but then also like just put in another athletic guy and like pull everybody in the huddle and be like, you are all high division one basketball players. They are didn't yeah. even win the statistically worst conference in Division One. Yeah, That's the craziest part of it. Yeah. They didn't even win their conference. <laughs> yeah, like how do you not just at one point be like, Edie, you're going to be the star of this team in the rest of the tournament, but right now the best move is to take you out of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they definitely did not get. The problem is he's so limited. He was so like he can't pass. He so you post moves. It's and so he doesn't have post moves. So you'd think like, oh, if you're just going to double team a guy who's 7-4 with a bunch of like 6-5 guys, just look over them and dunk. But, I mean, and then if you can't hit any threes, there's not really not much you can do. But Sean, you're right. You know you're limited in talent, too. When you're <laughs> foot four and you're nowhere near an NBA mock draft in the first or second round. So, yeah. yeah. That is bad. I was asking, do you think he'll ever play an NBA minute? Yeah. Taco yeah. Fall did. Similar situation, but Taco Fall was like a little bit more athletic. Like he, Zach Eady can't move at all. Yeah, Zach Eady has athletic. that Jaleel Okafor build, but after he, we know, it doesn't work. <laughs> I didn't let my second structure. I didn't say oh, Taco Fall. I didn't say Taco Fall is athletic. I said he's more athletic. <laughs> no, I actually I would agree with that. Yeah, Zach Eady is very not athletic. He couldn't defend a pick and roll in the NBA. It just wouldn't happen. No, but I mean like. If you put him on a switch on a guard on an NBA guard, he would just get no, not that Taco Fall would like, you know, necessarily chew out there either. But also Taco Fall's out of the league now. He's in the G League again. Yeah. Yeah. So and he'll probably never make it back. Yeah. Um 
I don't know. Any other highlights from the first two rounds? Who do you guys who do you guys have left out of the sixteen? Do you still like your pick? I know Purdue's out, Nick, Nick, but maybe I have Alabama. I still think they look good, but yeah. I won't lie. Michigan State, UConn, Michigan State, maybe not so much. But Michigan I think State's UConn. a dark horse to win it all, in my opinion. They're they're a super good team. Yeah, Tyson Walker's a beast. I picked uh, I picked UCLA uh, just because I would have felt bad if I didn't, and then they ended up winning. And I think they look pretty good. So, but I think Texas still looks really good. I think Alabama still looks really good. Houston still looks really good. Am I forgetting anybody who's still? I I had UConn in the finals. UConn, Um, you have them in the national championship. Really good. Oh wow, that was a great pick. I was gonna say the Big East. We were talking about this. The the Marquette didn't do well, but the rest of the Big East is clicking. Creighton's a yeah, good Marquette was kind of almost like the Big East is a really good basketball conference. Hmm. No, you were I mean Marquette lost though. What is this, you know? And and we have to give Jeep credit because you were on Izzo. You're like, don't sleep on Izzo. Yeah. And I yeah. think he was I do, I will be fading him as my for the next <laughs> week and a half, my Kansas State Wildcats. True. Uh, have an um, obstacle. But uh I like what they're doing. I like Keontae Johnson. I definitely undervalued Izzo because he probably is the best coach left in college. Yeah, you got to think about that in the tournament for sure. Yeah, and I undervalued him just being, oh, I know how to make break a press. I've been doing it for 50 years. Like, I'm going to get a ton of easy baskets. They shot terribly. They shot like three for 16 from three. Like, they they didn't rely on it at all. Um, But he was just like, my guys are going to be calm under pressure, and this Marquette press isn't going to do anything to us. The thing is, though, like like Michigan State has not looked like that the last few years. That was my thought process in the fade Izzo discourse. And I was on your side, too, Sean, with Marquette. I thought that, you know, speaking of the historically successful coaches and good guard play and a relatively strong conference, as Jeeb was quick to point out, you know, I didn't think that they'd be able to overcome it. And they haven't been the last couple of years, but... Well, I think the difference between Michigan State and Marquette is Marquette's a very young team. Michigan State has a lot of seasoned guys, that's and that's what you look for uh, in teams that make March Madness runs. It's- and also, what happened to the Big 12? We thought they were going to run the table. I mean, Arkansas yeah. is pretty good. You see Musselman with his shirt off? It's SEC. That's SEC. No, I, I'm just saying, well, okay. I'm oh, because of the, how they beat Kansas. Yeah. Arkansas yeah. beat Kansas. Look at yeah. Texas in there. Um, yeah, yeah, Texas is still good. Kansas yeah, no, still but Texas good. is SEC. No, we don't count them as Big 12 in this. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what upsets do you guys like in the Sweet 16? I have to even look and see. Creighton, Princeton. Creighton. Well, Kansas State's technically the betting underdog. So I like Kansas State to beat Michigan State. Um, Betting underdogs against Michigan State? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that is craziness. I think uh, I I think Tennessee chokes. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I had them out to, the, to Louisiana, and then I thought they were going to beat Kentucky. Or they, they played Kentucky, right? No, they, no, they, um, they beat um, – Duke, Duke, Duke. Duke, yeah. Yeah. So – they're an okay. They're not a great team, but yeah, Florida Atlantic has. I mean, they're thirty three and three. <laughs> they don't lose they're, a lot of basketball games. That last one, even though it was fairly, they good. have they have very very bad karma though. Did you guys see the last play? That yeah, game? that dunk that he missed. Yeah, yeah. that was ridiculous. That yeah. might coach went up and was like apologizing for that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, um, you know who I like to beat Houston? I like Miami. I stayed up really? in that game last night. Yeah. It was like close with Indiana. Yeah, I did too. Indiana had the best player on the floor. And Miami, I, I just, I think Isaiah yeah, he Wong, didn't. Was, Isaiah Wong was, was nasty last night. I didn't let me finish my point. You cut me off before I even finished my sentence. I said Indiana had the best player on the floor and probably the best NBA player. And then Miami blew the doors open when Isaiah Wong just started taking deep threes and draining them from everywhere. And then they ended up going up 15 with like five minutes left. Like, oh, Miami. is that what you guys were gonna say? Were you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we were trying to say. But then <laughs> well, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, that's the thing is like Miami because they didn't play that well against Drake. Like they barely eked it out, and Drake was able to shut Isaiah Wong down. Like he never really got going. So I think Miami kind of lives and dies with Isaiah Wong. 
which can be a good thing or a bad thing. Like if if he's but maybe not it's on... also like uh they play up to their talent kind of thing, and that's when they excel. So I kind of like it against Houston. Plus two forty. Yeah. Don't hate that. Yeah, but um, can you call Xavier an underdog against because they're the three and Texas is the two? <laughs> Definitely, I think they're probably significant betting underdogs. They're plus one fifty. Showing bad a lot of a lot of bad news here. Um, a lot of money flowing in on Miami. Really, seventy one percent of the ticket is on Miami. <sighs> how much? Gonna... How much of the money though? Uh, I I don't have the uh, paid version of action. Right. <laughs> I can't tell you that, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I like San Diego State against Alabama. Oh, I think it's a good matchup for San Diego State and a bad one for Alabama. I think Alabama is the better team, but like, if somebody's going to get Alabama before the Final Four, I think this is it. I mean, yeah, they've got Creighton. It's going to be a tough game. Creighton did look good, though. Yeah, Creighton, I think, is dark horse. I mean, that's honestly a path. I mean, if Creighton really has to just beat Princeton, and then they're, it'll be a real test versus the winner of Alabama-San Diego State, but then that's for the Final Four. They're big. They can shoot. That's a good team. That was a team. They were ranked as high as 10 in the nation at one point. Yeah, and, and then that guy got penetrate. injured. Yeah, and then someone got hurt, and he's yeah. back. So yeah, I mean they could be uh, they could be dangerous. We we kind of we kind of went on the a tangent of of teams and and the matchups coming up, but uh, overall as a tournament, the first two rounds, how would you guys rate this year's? Do you think it's lacking a little bit or or been been a top tier one? The it's it's I've had to like kind of force myself. I won't lie to watch like I I love the, the March Madness, so I don't like I'll watch the games no matter what. But past tournaments, you had like seven or. 10 seeds even with like NBA guys on them like they had one lottery pick yeah. this that just doesn't happen there, there's nobody here that I'm watching that I'm like Bama's the only one and Kansas Bama and Kansas yeah Kansas. but I mean like that, Jalen Wilson I more. guess Kansas's guy Arkansas yeah. got a couple Grady, of them. Dick is uh yeah would be top no yeah. I think Grady Dick's gonna have to do another year in college I think he needed no, a nice John run. Deeb, are you kidding me? Are you serious? He did not play that well. All if year. Kevin Herter's a one and done, then Grady Dick's a one and done. You think he's a one and done? I he's hope not. Threes, I baby. Are you kidding me? Game. Someone will go pay him Duncan Robinson money tomorrow to go be in the NBA. They just want oh, launchers. He he was not that like you could see the potential. He just was not very tuned up. Yeah, I mean he'll go he he'll go top fifteen. He'll get paid and. You know, but I agree. I mean, we talked about we've been talking about this on the pod all year. Not enough, uh, not enough elite elite talent in the NBA these days because it's all being found elsewhere. Um, and it mean, feels like there's college. College, college. Um, uh, and and I feel like the the upsets are coming a little too often these days, where these really really good teams are just falling based on you know the the younger the uh, the the teams from worst conferences playing. Uh, a lineup of 27 year olds, you know? So it, it's, it's a strange landscape right now for college basketball. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I mean, depending on how it ends, I don't know if this tournament's going to be like super memorable for me. Like I, I remember think- when it was like Zion and job ja, Moran and Murray state were in the same one mm-hmm. and they played taco fall in the second round. And yeah, you know, there just hasn't been a ton of that kind of stuff basically like since then the storylines, we need the storylines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an Alabama player had to go out and kill somebody just so that we'd have a headline for once in a while. <laughs> cut that, Jesus. cut that. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope it wraps up. The games haven't been bad, but yeah, it's missing a little star power, but maybe that improves as the team's narrow and you get used to the talent pool. Um, but yeah, I mean, do we want to... The product, you forget. I, I didn't watch a ton of regular season college basketball this year, and you forget sometimes uh, how rough the, the basketball can be at times. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, but that's the beauty of it. It like, is. It that's why I enjoy it. Yeah. But I think I you can get like a five-minute stretch. Good. Yeah, you can get like a five-minute stretch where it's just ugly, and you're like, oh, oh man. <laughs> like, well, no. I, and I totally get because in college basketball, you get a longer shot clock you're going to work for the very best shot. Like you're going to pass up good shots in order to get the best shot. And the NBA, it's complete opposite. As soon as you get a good shot, you release yeah. it. 
And I feel I wonder how many of these kids are just held back by the fact that their coach tells them that they can't just pop yep. a <laughs> Well, the, the other thing is too, though, a lot of these kids are gonna try to show NBA teams that they can shoot forty percent from three and are just hucking threes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've seen a lot of bad threes attempted. Usually by point guards, too. That's the thing. In, in college, you see way more bad end-of-the-shot-clock shots than you do in the NBA. Yeah. Because you'll get there in the NBA. Yeah. Well, they're <laughs> playing one action though. for the guy who is, like, a top 15 scorer in the world and just give it to him and go, like, shoot. Yeah. But there is there is beauty in the mayhem of college basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit of the UFC weekend here now that we have a – a UFC aficionado on. I'd I'd be happy to discuss this. Hey, this you one, uh, this guys, one had the star uh, power that rose to me to turn it on. You guys get a chance to watch the card or no? Just the just, just the I end, just the entire main. card. Love that. Nice. Um, what did you think? Did you see Muhammad Makhaev's uh, knee? I did, and I saw the picture of it afterwards. Um, he won, but at what cost? He blew out his knee. Um, is that like it, if the injury? It, he got knee barred and he didn't tap to it, and his knee bent the wrong way. And afterwards, it literally blew up like a watermelon. And he ended up winning the fight, but he's probably going to be out for a year. And he was a rising prospect. So, oh, Oof. yeah. So there's no uh, Dana White pension coming for him. No Dana White pension coming for him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. what uh, actually happened to the knee was it just hyperextended or did he take I, I don't know what the, uh, the injury ended up being but i can i gotta imagine something's torn in there right i mean he yeah. tore something and it wasn't like a ligament yeah i mean if something's torn for sure like yeah he'll be out for a year that sucks um but we didn't get to talk about what about the john jones fight came back yeah yeah crazy crazy performance um Really strange fight. I don't. I don't know if you guys saw that one live, but it just felt like. I mean, everyone kind of had this feeling where it just kind of ended in an instant, and it wasn't real, no real build up to it. But man, he. If you guys haven't seen, and the listeners haven't seen a ton of Cyril Gon fights, he makes almost everyone he fights look silly. Um, Francis Ngannou ended up beating him um, because he wrestled him the last three rounds, and I think John Jones saw that and was like. I think that should have been the writing on the wall that this fight was going to be ended quickly um, because Francis Ngannou is known for knocking people out, wrestled him, and won for three rounds. But the first two rounds of that fight, Gon picked him apart. Every other opponent he's had in the UFC picked him apart. He's no pushover, and John just rolled through him. So I'm did excited. You see the, uh, did you see the clip from his training camp where they uh, – it was a different UFC fighter. I think I'm going to butcher his last name, but Henry uh, – Oh, Cejudo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was like, he told him exactly. He's like, when he gets you on the wall like that, don't try to fight it. Go for the head. Yeah. It worked. So he needs to take a year off and go hang out with the Dagestanis and learn how to wrestle a little (laughs) bit. Jirogan does. So he'll be back. Uh, It's tough, though, because it sounds like he's going to fight Stipe Miocic, who um, is an older guy, one of the best of all all time at heavyweight. but again, his last fight, he got knocked out in the second round brutally by Francis Ngannou. We want to see the Francis versus John Jones fight. Uh, Why UFC, is that not getting made? UFC politics got in the way. Francis is now not in the UFC. So oh. I don't think he'll ever be back either. Dana White, although Dana said a lot of this will never, ever happen quotes before that have happened. But he said recently that Francis coming back will never, ever happen. So. Doesn't look like we'll ever get that fight, unfortunately. But uh, that would have been big, big time. Business. Do you know why Francis doesn't want to? Are there any details out? Or yeah, he he talked about it a bit. Um, it was really he was fighting for fighters' rights. It sounded like he was gonna he was offered big time money um, to stay with the UFC, but he wanted certain things that they wanted. He wanted sponsorships. He wanted to, there to be health care um, coverage. He wanted there to be a pension. He wanted different things for the fighters and very were, valid asks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and Dana, they weren't, they weren't willing to budge on any of those things. They offered him a ton of money. It sounds like, but uh, yeah, he ended up walking. It sounds like he's going to box somebody. So probably uh, all brother. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I don't Dana think White, all brothers are that dumb. Potentially 
punch Jake Paul's head through the roof of whatever uh, arena they fought at. So I don't know if that'll happen, but I'm not know. that big. He could fight like I don't know if Fury or Wilder would just That's want to. That's what it sounds like. Uh, Wilder is a possibility. Um, yeah. Which would be fun. Fight the guy who, boxing. who was the really chunky um, Mexican guy that that's oh shot. yeah Andy Ruiz right yeah, yeah they should fight that would be a great be a great one. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> but I, I think all high level boxers I can't see Francis being able to hang with any of them. No. Um, but I mean, good for him. He'll probably make twenty million. To but luckily, Deontay Wilder doesn't really like you know he he's a. He's a home run swinger too. So right. who knows? Maybe if there's anybody. So is there is there a card coming up that we should do a deep dive on in the future here? Um Raya Adesanya's good. Um yeah, I, I think we yeah, should a big rematch it. coming up uh in the beginning of April, uh April eighth, I believe. Uh Adesanya versus um Alex Perea. Um, Alex Perea knocked Izzy out in a kickboxing match um, five plus years ago. And then he came back and fought him. I believe it was in November. And Izzy was up on the scorecards pretty clearly. Fifth round, two minutes left. Alex turns it on. He's just got un- unreal power and knocked Izzy out um, in the last round. So they're rematching. That'll be a, that'll be a very interesting fight. Um, but the card that just passed this Saturday, Leon Edwards retains the title after one of my favorite moment in UFC, in my watching career of UFC, when Leon knocked Kamaru out in the last minute of the first fight, or the, I'm sorry, is actually they fought once in 2014. So the second fight knocked him out with a head kick. I screeched louder than I think I've ever screeched in my life when that happened. <laughs> I even bought merch from that event. And then coming in, seeing Leon come back in, in England, where he's from, he's from Birmingham, getting a fight at home um, to rematch and retain the title. He was a plus 200 to minus 260 underdog in this fight. Uh, wins pretty, I thought it was pretty obvious. Uh, he won majority decision. Um, so pretty unbelievable performance there, but really fun card. Um, so I, I thought... I thought he was definitely landing the more damaging strikes, but Usman had five minutes of control time in a 15 minute fight. I think that's, I was a little, I, and I wanted Leon to win. Five I thought, round um, fight, so 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. Silly me. Well, still a lot of control time. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, he got, so Leon actually got a point deducted um, in yeah. the third, in the second, third round. It was the third round for grabbing the fence when he was about to be taken down. Um, and then they stood them back up. So that was an interesting point in the fight. Uh, I think that was the, in my opinion, watching it live, I haven't watched it back. That was the only round he won, in in my opinion. Um, Leon was pretty dominant, defended almost every takedown. And when he did get taken down, he got right back up to his feet. So pretty impressive. Sean, our boy, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Um, He's got McGregor. Are they finally giving it to him? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but uh there's a fight coming up near us in Newark, New Jersey between Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling, the champ uh at his division. So he'll get the winner of that fight it sounds like. So That'd be quite the time. I can only imagine a UFC event in Newark is full of fine gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't upset our New York crowd. Yeah. Hey, Newark. I don't think any New York City people are gonna <laughs> be upset by that. What you guys got to do is when you start losing, you got to go to the FanDuel Casino and win it all back. Right. Ah, uh, why did I think of that? The biggest problem with gamblers is that they stop right before they hit yep. it. Ninety-eight <laughs> percent of them stop right yeah. before they hit. <laughs> Talk about gambling. What do you guys what do you guys think about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in this weird relationship now where he's announced that he'll be a Jet but hasn't signed any papers and the Jets are just like, I, I guess we're rolling the die. <laughs> what kind of compensation are they getting for him? Well, they don't know yet, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. I, would be. I, I, I don't know. He clearly loves the fanfare. Like yeah, oh yeah, he loves it. I think he just likes messing with people. Honestly, 
Some of the stuff he says, I don't even think is true. The, the I, think just retreat, I, like I think you're true. right. I think he just likes the encrypted stuff and then having the movie <laughs> just buzz about it and going I think on. There's, that a, there's, there's a very thin line to toe between like messing with people and then also just being like a terrible and insufferable person. Like it's. <laughs> You think he's on the? You think he's covering on the line, or? I think I think he's closer to the line than somebody like Kyrie is, who like really thinks that they're like like galaxy brain, but actually like have clearly not thought through a couple of things. But I still would say that he is is not on the right side of the line. He does a lot of stuff that's pretty. I don't, what has he done that's that bad? Other than just no, no, like no. it's like it's the, not like bad from like a like a morality standpoint. It's annoying and like if one of you guys did this, I would be like, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to be your friend. That was annoying. Like I, stuff we're, like we're not a four time MVP winning Super Bowl. Like it's his relationship with the media is different than our relationships with each other. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. But if you guys were to go on a darkness retreat before you figured out what you were going to do for your next career path, I'd be like, what? Okay, stop it. Yeah, you would judge me for entourage. that. I think I would. There Depends are people on. I wouldn't though, so yeah. that, I guess that's fair. I was gonna say, Scott, with our friends, you know, there's maybe one or two that I'd be like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for some people, I think there, some people I think would be cool, and like I feel like I feel like it's lame to like make it such a. It became such a big thing. If he was just like, I need to take some time for myself, and then he went on. Oh, it's hysterical thing. though. I feel like he told everyone on purpose. He wanted everyone to know yeah. that he's going on a darkness. That's the thing. Like people that do those are people that like hate being on the grid and just want to disappear. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers exactly. like Aaron Rodgers like probably wanted someone to try and break into his darkness retreat cabin so that yes, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it, Sean. It feels it feels disingenuous. It doesn't feel like he's actually one of those guys. It feels like he's like fake. And okay, he- so this this is a good point. I was like, do you think if when he retires, he's going to be like Kawhi, who you know we'll never hear from again? Or do you think he's going to be all over the place? I could see either or. He's going to be all over the place. He has a week. He has a, he has a weekly spot on a podcast right now. Like that, while he's actively playing, like he's totally going to be. You think he's ruined his chance to be the Jeopardy host? Yeah. No. Yeah. I think he was actually a really good Jeopardy host. Like, are you a Jeopardy watcher? Like, do you have a comparison? I, so while I've been living with my parents, I have been watching a lot of Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. My fair came when it was i lived with my parents during the uh shoot what was that guy who won a bunch in a row was in uh ken jennings no no the no, more no. recent the more recent one uh the professional gambler james yeah oh james yeah, yeah 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 i i watched that whole run so that got me into it a bit but uh yes i think he has ruined his chances to be those. yeah he can. <laughs> but, that's uh, a tough crowd that's like a uh it's a tough crowd to win points with. Didn't somebody else who was like generally unproblematic? They like covered, uh, uncovered something to be like, no, they can't do it anymore. Well, it was, it was just that they were doing this whole thing to figure out who was going to host after Alex Trebek had passed. Yeah. Suddenly, the producer just like crowned himself, and he was like, "I'm going to host." And, <laughs> and then oh. people were like, "People were like, who the hell is this guy?" And then they looked into his past, and he had like X Y Z. Not well, but I thought like didn't didn't uh who's the woman who was uh, who's in the Big Bang Theory but oh, has like, like a PhD? She's got a weird ass name. I can't even pronounce it. I don't like her though. I think she's really bad. She's like well, not- people. I think she ended up not like I th- I think like something came out that she like said something fifteen years ago. And they're like, and we're getting uninformed. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, next Jeopardy host, baby. Yeah, what is filed from fun. Aaron Rodgers' free agency to the Big Bang Theory actress that's hosting Jeopardy. Saying and, and, with, and with zero hard facts to back up any of this conjecture. <laughs> that's why we listen to this show every week, baby. We're just <laughs> slandering. We're just firing off slander right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally unsubstantiated yeah. rumors about people. <laughs> <laughs> all right football <laughs> all right um i was gonna say another thing it's kind of interesting how the lions and bears look like they're making the best moves in the nfc north and the vikings oh definitely i see jay garner johnson went to the lions today um interesting deal i like obviously i wanted him back and but it just seems like he overvalued himself and the eagles gave him a three-year yeah. 24 up front at the start of free agency which is just three times what he got 
over three years. But I get he he thinks he's better than he is, so he's going to roll the dice again and hopefully make more money on his next contract. But the uh, the safety market isn't that lucrative. I don't like for him yeah. especially. Yeah, but I think if he can go out and prove, because it's tough when you're a cog in the Eagles machine that was so good last year, which obviously make you look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think also you can attribute a lot of the success to the you know Pro Bowl corners that are on either side. I think if he goes to the Lions and they make the playoffs, he's probably going to have a, a significant number of suitors next year. And there are other big safeties that went off the board already, and it's not traditionally a big money position. What, so what, uh, what does the safety market look like? Who are the top, uh, the highest like, are the top paid safeties making? The highest paid safety is Darwin James, who makes nineteen million a year. And then Mika Fitzpatrick makes 18, Jamal Adams 17, Jesse Bates 16, who was, I think, the highest paid of this free agency he just got signed. So Jesse Bates yeah. got 16 and set the market. And then yeah, you have sure. Jul- Julian Love, who was the other big safety name on the free agency. He got 12 a year. Yeah. So, eight is really low. So eight's low, but he's only 25. So, you yeah. know. Uh, it, it makes probably makes sense for him to do this. I think CJ is yeah. better than Julian Love. Be 20, if he'd signed that three year deal, he's going to be 28, and who knows where he'll be at in his career at that point. So, sure. I mean, and sometimes in the NFL, you just got to roll the die and you'll learn out really well. Like, I think Larry Matunsel has become the smartest player in the NFL, generational bag getter. Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. Smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> His his that was one of the most entertaining NFL drafts ever when that happened. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. To see and him everyone go. was like, "Oh, he cost himself so much money because now he got like paid like three million less or something." Like I always, now, I always wondered if he like, if it was just him holding like a blunt, how many oh, picks yeah. do you think? How many picks do you think he would have That's a like, great question. Because he dropped like eleven. So he was like, 13, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but he, like, dropped 11 <laughs> on the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was he going to be the number one pick? He was in the conversation, but I forget who went one. I think it was a quarterback. He was, like, I think, like, in the number three was probably a safe spot for him. What like, year was that? Um, But, like, how many? I'm going to look up like, some right now. I'm, I'm looking at Bong up. mask. Bong I mask. Think, Sean, I think an extra five teams minimum passed on him because of what it was. Yeah. This was the Jared Goff Carson Wentz draft, so he probably wouldn't have gone one or two. He would have gone third, then yeah. But yeah, and let's see if there is another offensive tackle. Yeah, Ronnie Stanley went sixth to the Ravens. So that was probably his. Wow, this is a good draft. When Goff, Carson Wentz, Joey Bosa, Zeke, Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, Buckner. <laughs> good Jalen Ramsey to Miami. We haven't talked about that. Yeah, sure. loading up. I mean, no, we didn't talk about that, did we? Maybe. I don't think we did. I think we talked about them as potential uh, AFC East favorites on the on last week's version, but without Jalen Ramsey, the Bills just signed Damian Harris. AFC yeah. East is going to be the most interesting division in football next year. I think. Yeah, don't be surprised when New England yeah. wins it. <laughs> I would be very curious to hear what the odds are of New England to win. That. I would too, but I mean, they're actually making some smart moves, which is good. And I think they were held back more than anyone can possibly even begin to imagine by Matt Patricia next year. So when the genius of Bill O'Brien is in the building. I don't think they do anything um, under the, the reigning years of the, of the uh, Belichick regime. I think really? oh, I think they do. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a sad take there, pal. Like, I'll be honest with you, it's like I get where Minja's coming from, and like, it's a hard thing to bet against that he won't do something. But just to be honest, he's so much competition in his own division that he never used to have. Right? Yeah, that never, is true. Never used to have anybody else quality in the AFC East, and now you have Rodgers and the Jets, yeah. which they might be a wild card team now. And- well, so. And then I you had two playoff teams. One of them was the uh, one of them was the two seed last year, and probably one of the best teams in football going into the playoffs. With so, a quarterback that's young, and good. Yeah. <laughs> so, as from a homer take, though, I will say the AFC East looks great on paper. I don't know that all of these moves are necessarily winning ones. Like we'll see about the Jets, right? Like, I, I, think, I think they're giving up a lot. What you say? I think Rodgers gets them a playoff appearance this year. 
I don't think it's going to be a good thing for them in the grand scheme of things, but no, I, I definitely agree with the latter part of that, but I think, I think we have like the Russell Wilson framework kind of laying there and Russell Wilson's never been on the level of Aaron Rodgers, That's for sure. I, I think uh, the jets are going to be the best team in the AFC this year. Wow. I think Rodgers was sick and tired of playing for green Bay. I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, which he always is. And that team is rock solid. Otherwise, 13 and four, 14 and three this year, in my opinion. I, I think that if you put that team into a Madden simulation, they would go, you know, 15 and two and win the Super Bowl. But this is not Madden, and you have to deal you with Aaron in a locker room. One NFL segment without Skyler bringing some Madden scenario. <laughs> no, I'm saying for the opposite reason at this point. I'm saying you have to actually contend with these personalities in a locker room. He has to actually show yeah. up every week. He can't get bored. Like, yeah, but I would, I would say the Jets were really good. They just had Zach Wilson um, and Rogers between Mike White and Zach Wilson, and they still went. What did they go nine and eight still? And you know Zach and Rogers and watching any of those Green Bay games, nobody could catch. Like nobody could really catch. Really bad. He that is true. Want, and he didn't want to be there either. Rogers he, lost some games this year, though. Yeah, like, he he did not look good, and maybe he was checked out, but. He, I mean, I remember like there was a game he threw three picks, uh, and it was a pretty important game. I can't remember which one it was. If we can but... use the argument that Jalen Hurts is good because he has all the receivers in the world, <laughs> the argument that Rodgers looked bad because he had nobody to throw to. I, but okay. where would you would even? Where would you rank their position group last year? Which position? Their their skill position groups. Packers. Yeah, two elite running backs who can catch passes. Yeah, they had great running backs. They had Tanyan. I I wouldn't say that their receivers were, like, horrible. They definitely were missing some, like, higher-end options. But I think a dude on the street that was fast, and he became their best receiver. What are you talking Uh, about? I played played multiple games of receiver for the Packers last year. (laughs) No, Christian Watson is a pretty solid option. Got, like, five touchdowns in one game. Randall Cobb was their number three. He's demanding Randall Cobb comes to the Jets with I know he is. But still, like, Randall Cobb was their number three. Randall Cobb shouldn't be playing in the NFL anymore. Uh, Hey, I agree. He wants him there. So he's saying that this guy is veteran president. Because of his talent that he wants him there. (laughs) He just wants to hang out with him? Yeah. (laughs) He's at that point of his career. I don't know. I think I think that I think that the Packers had a had a Packers the tied for second most drop passes in the NFL last year. Drops are a fake stat. <laughs> oh boy, this is, this is go off the rails. <laughs> I, I, I do. I like. I think. I think Aaron Rodgers will certainly like. I think the Jets will make the playoffs. I just for what they're doing in their future. I think we touched on this last week. It's a lot, and and to deal with Aaron Rodgers is bullshit. Like you don't know what it's going to be on a day to day basis, and and if if everything if, if something bad happens, he'll mope and bitch about it. So like I I, I wouldn't want to deal with that for. I think that it would be foolish to watch Russell Wilson this last season and go like, "There's a zero percent chance that'll happen again." <laughs> oh yeah, that that's definitely on the table. Yeah. Um, I just I don't think that's how it's going to play out. Remember when Tom Brady went to Tampa and never did anything because he was old. Matt Stafford too. I think that the I think that the recency bias led us to believe that Russell Wilson, for example, was going to work out really well. Didn't Tom Brady win an MVP like two years before he left the Patriots, and Rodgers won an MVP two years before he left the Packers? In no <laughs> way am I saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that I think that wrong. The opposite... You're wrong. No, you're wrong. <laughs> I looked into the crystal ball, and you're wrong. <laughs> all right, all right. Any any more NFL free agent takes, or is it time to move towards the draft in our coming episodes? I think we'll probably go that way. I think so. Uh, I'm glad I won't be included in any NFL draft. Hey, unless you win the bracket pool. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Listener, uh, that's a reminder. My uh, champion lost in the first round. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, talking a little NBA. Let's get let's do a nice calming debate here. I doubt this one will get intense at all. Sure. When can you decide who's the MVP? Oh boy. So now I get why he is here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bobby yeah, Kendall, baby, point. he's the favorite. John, what did I text you? What did I text you about a week and a half ago? You sent me some Embiid clips, and I said, "Yeah, said it's his to lose." And then, and then and the, Jokic the, has had five thirty-point triple doubles in a row. <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet today, and it's from a guy I respect a lot. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who yet. Barry McCockner. The 76ers are nine and four in 13 games without Embiid. The Bucks are nine and six in 15 <laughs> games without Giannis. The Nuggets are three and five in eight games without Jokic. Very interesting. Jokic it really sucks for Jokic that he's not allowed to Jokic. win. Jokic. Who's Jokic? Jokic. Jokic. Dude, you really I, know his name. Fuck you guys. It's there. It, this is America, and it starts. Gee, <laughs> like, let me ask you a question. I'm gonna go downstairs. Make you know, a let me ask all all of you guys a question. You go into the playoffs this year. And you remove Joel Embiid from the Sixers. Sure. We're going to get swept by the Raptors. But what an odd... Nuggets, do you think the Nuggets have a different conversation? or the? I or think the... so. I think it's a completely different conversation. I, I think but... the Nuggets would hang in a series, maybe two. Oh, See, I, Minge, I can't back Ooh. you on that take. but Because <laughs> I, I kind of go the opposite direction. Philly has a good team. We like, do have a good team. It's a, it's a solid but roster. It's proven not to be a player. The Bucks are a good team. Like besides Giannis, they are a good team. Denver's bench sucks, and Jokic gets his plus minus pumped up so much because of that. His on off stat. If you did, you also by the way, Embiid has a higher PR than Jokic right now. He took over the PR advanced rating. So Jokic yeah, is- analytics don't matter actually, as it yeah. turns out. Yeah, so um, <laughs> kind of discluded from this conversation when you look at his numbers and he's averaging like 33, 12, and six or something. Yeah. Who is? Oh, Embiid. Giannis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of on the thing where I, I think the hype around Jokic has fallen off big time. He'd have to do something pretty amazing here down the stretch to win it. Because so I also think we talked about this briefly too. The three straight MVP thing, it, it shouldn't matter to the voters in the moment, but I think it will. Yeah. Well, there's humans voting, and there's always going to be some. There's a reason problem. Giannis is an MVP. Like it's it's voter fatigue. I mean, three is a lot. Three, three. Oh, I, yeah, and it's also a historical thing to win three straight. Like LeBron never did it. Michael Jordan never did it. Yeah. Um, it's only the immortals, and I think Giannis could very well win it if the Bucks the Bucks play the Sixers again, and let's say Giannis has a great night, and they're, they're... that clearly doesn't matter. Giannis's odds, or I'm sorry, Jokic's odds improved after Embiid bodied him and beat him by 20. Yeah, but I think people look back on it fondly now because Embiid's actually the favorite now in the MVP betting odds. Yeah, because he's been averaging 40 and 20 for the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm saying there's there's some interesting matchups left, and one game doesn't decide the MVP race, but I think it does help a lot. Sure. Like the head matchup. How much do you guys think team? Team uh, standing matters in the uh, MVP. In terms of weight, how much well, does that it, matter? It hasn't mattered until this year. The last <laughs> it didn't matter. What are you the most valuable to in the MVP? Most valuable player. Most valuable to what? I th- I think that I think that it's all very contextual. But I think in a world where, self admittedly, I think that the Sixers have a pretty good supporting cast. And I think that the Nuggets have been totally buoyed by the play of Jokic. And that's not me. I think at this point, it's Embiid's award to lose. I, I think he should get it. But um, but but I understand why. I think if this was a normal year, just straight up the two of them, that I might be slightly leaning Jokic just because I, I think that matters in, in this kind of context, and it matters less sometimes than others. But I do have another question for the group, unless someone wanted to to respond. On Minge's the point there, we're standings. What's more, what do you see as more important when it's like across the entire NBA, standing or overall record? Because the Sixers have a better record than the Nuggets. Yeah, I I think it's uh, it's tough because they're in different conferences to say that. I I think I think record because we have a better. We, at the, the top of our conference is clearly better than the top of the West. So I think where you stand is important, but I think it's overall record. But I, I, I don't I don't even think it, it's you have to even look at it like that. It's just team performance. How good is your team this year should be? And how good is your team because of you? And yeah. being the top 50 player of all time. 
if it weren't for that, the Sixers completely oh. butchered the process that they created. In that was a hell, hell of a swing there. <laughs> just to sneak in there. Is it is uh, that wrong? If it weren't for Embiid, how poorly would this process have gone? Oh, terribly. It would have gone bad. It would have gone bad. I mean, that's definitely true. But I think you could say that about a lot of players. I mean, he's definitely, don't get me wrong, I think I think there's nobody in the world that would argue that he's not a top five player in the NBA at this point. What top if Embiid five. was the anchoring? Like, what if he prevented Ben Simmons from coming out of his shell? <laughs> ben Simmons would be out. What if you guys missed out on prime Scotty Pippen because <laughs> Embiid was Clearly, Clearly I'm not commenting just... on any Ben Simmons. Uh, so I actually – I do have a question for you guys. Out of those three MVP candidates, who would you most want to have for a playoff run? I'm just curious what that is. Not, not say Giannis. It's not even close. It's Giannis. Relax. Relax, guys. Giannis. Right. Just making sure. Just making sure we're all on the same page there. He's the best player in the NBA. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Is he having the best single season right now? It's up for debate. But would... it's, the whole, it's the whole LeBron thing for the last – 20 years like LeBron is the best was was the best player in the NBA he didn't always have the best season because at that point he didn't even care like your eyes aren't even on the regular season I think the you said I'll lose, I'll lose three players though but it's pretty hard not to say Luca after he took the Mavs to the West I think the problem with Luca is the stats are just kind of empty right now I think it's the like he, he's very good but I don't think he's figured out how to win at a high level quite yet he went to the Western Conference Finals last year that's true that's definitely true. I mean, I think there's definitely like a pretty big hump to have to get over. To and now he's, got, he's got an NBA title champion as his co-star. <laughs> yeah, but he oh, came in the middle of the season. He's another ball dominant player. Yeah, I don't think that fits super That's well. Tough. But I, I do think I think to be on the kind of like and you know, Giannis had help. All of these guys always have help. Steph had help, but you know, LeBron didn't really have help. But uh what <laughs> <laughs> your thought, Jim. <laughs> but either way, um, like I do think I do think that you, where his help was. I think I think you got to get to the finals to kind of legitimately be in that conversation. Um, so yeah. sure, and Jokic hasn't done that either. Giannis got yeah, yeah Jokic hasn't, and Embiid hasn't. A lot of guys haven't. I mean, we'll see a guard change in a pretty big way over the next five years. I think. But I also but. don't always think that just because you get to the finals means that you should be crowned. As an MVP candidate every year, because like Booker being the best player on the Suns when they made it to the finals. Yes. You had Tatum, who by all means should be an MVP one day, but isn't right now. Yeah. Was the best player on the Celtics who made the finals last year. Like, yeah. There's some Celtics weird right now. I, I don't know what to think about them going into the, into the playoffs because I could see them being a first round exit with how bad they're playing, but I could then also very easily be convinced that they're going to win the East. Like it's. They're such a weird team right now. Playoffs are really interesting because it's been a weird regular season. Yeah. When are you guys making uh, finals predictions? We uh, do it right now if you'd like. <laughs> uh, uh, While we got you. Well, so the crazy part is here is the Sixers remaining schedule is really hard. But if they do well, especially against the Celtics and Bucks, the Sixers aren't out of the first seed. They've already – they've already right now they're tied with the Celtics above them on wins. Are they two games back? Yeah. Like, there's a real chance that they could take the one seed if the Bucks fought, drop one and then the Sixers beat them. Um, now, the Sixers also have to play like the Nuggets and the Suns, and the like they have a tough road ahead, but yeah, they're two and a half. It's going to be important. I'll tell you what, wouldn't want to run into the buzzsaw that is the New York Knicks at any point. <laughs> I would love to play the Knicks in the first yeah, round. Yeah, the Knicks. Yeah. I would love to get a whack at Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Oh, I cannot stand watching that team play basketball. And it's, it's ugly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun, but man, you can only watch Julius Randle take so many like double step back behind the backboard and it goes in, in the regular season. And then, you know, the, the one playoff series he made it to is just <laughs> so bad. He makes the shots more efficiently, but he reminds me of Michael Beasley. He doesn't pass. He, it's just unbelievable. And like your mouth Michael about Beasley. Michael Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're winning games. Yeah, so obviously it's, it's working some way, but Scott, what's, what's the next step here? Like, it's winning ga- two big problems. One, it's winning games in the regular season. And, like, literally, this is what happened two years ago. And then we went and played the Hawks, and it's like people are actually playing defense with the intensity, turned up, turned to 11, and he couldn't make any of those. And you just had to sit there 
and watch him take turnaround 18 foot twos. And you're like, why go to the rim, set a screen. So I don't think it's going to work out this year, even though I'm very hopeful, just negative. And then, yeah, where do you go? You know, he's ball dominant. He's not going to be the best star on a winning team. I don't think he could really be the second best player unless he turns into like a weird, more offensive minded version of Brunson. No, talking about, uh, talking about Randall. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I think Brunson's good. Brunson would be a good point guard for a team that's rounded out really well. I think the base is there, but in the NBA, you need a guy and we don't have the guy. I don't think RJ at this point we know is not really going to become that unless he just explodes out of nowhere. RJ is my least favorite of the three to watch play. Is your least favorite? Gosh, RJ. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's so up, it's so down. That's why I think people have some are holding on to some semblance of hope that those flashes become who he actually is. But yeah, Do you think they have a realistic chance against the Cavs in the first round. I think I think in basketball you always have a bit of a chance. I don't like the way they match up, and I don't think I would pick them. But I wouldn't be surprised if they win a, a game. Thibodeau's a great coach. They win a game, or if they win a if they win a series. <laughs> All the Knicks need to happen. It's funny to say that because they are in the mecca in Manhattan. Like they they should always be attractive, but they haven't been for so long now. Yeah, like a Raptor situation where Kawhi Leonard just like falls into your lap. And like, yeah. Jim yeah. Brunson is Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, like that person. And like, that could happen. Julius Randall Julius Randall is like a lot worse at defense than Siakam, but like, is like Siakam's role. And like, you have the parts, you just need that guy to stumble into your lap. <laughs> yeah. And it's the thing that concerns me about that though, is that like when, when we got mellow back in 2012, didn't have to give up anything for him. Could have sat sat still and waited. But our dumb ownership group basically forced it through because they wanted him there. Sold the sold the house to get him. And then the team just never had the firepower to to really compete. So I hope that I hope that it happens, but I also see a world where it's kind of like a Jamal Murray comes available and we give up five first round picks. And now our team is fucked because we think Jamal Murray could be like the guy for us. Like you know that that's where I see this. You might want to switch teams if they give up five first round picks for Jamal Murray. Hey, Rudy Gobert got five first. I think Jamal. No, Murray it's it's a good. realistic possibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, you know, I think, I think you guys are more likely like Bradley Beal's going to go there, and Bradley yeah, Bradley Beal is another guy that I'm like, I don't think Bradley Beal this juncture of his career is like a net. Oh, is like he's been terrible for yeah. the. I don't think he would change the Knicks at all. No, you really no. wouldn't. No, I don't. I'm just saying he sounds like the guy the Knicks will get. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jamal Murray, Bradley Beal type player seems. <laughs> yeah, just guys who like can't really factor in on defense. Yeah, that's that was the concern about Donovan Mitchell when he when when that whole thing was going down. A lot of Knicks fans were kind of like, Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna say no to like a big time superstar, especially a New York based one, um, because he's a New Yorker, but like, man, if we have to give up all of these young guys that we've kind of been stockpiling for a while here, might not be left with much of a roster <laughs> by the yeah. time it's done. And, like, I get the fear of messing up your assets, but, you know, you stockpile these young guys for a reason. Like you That's spend. true. And maybe Donovan Mitchell passing on him probably will look fondly in a couple of years. Like, he's had a good year, but... No, no, it's Donovan Mitchell. With the Jazz, he always fell apart. <laughs> he couldn't be that guy. So, yeah. So, but you got to use them. They got to use them at some point. Yeah. 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 It's definitely true. I mean, these guys are going to come, you know, bills are going to come due on people like, you know, Obi Toppin. He's very fun. But if you can dangle that and some picks to really upgrade the roster seriously, but now all the money's going to Brunson, it's going to Julius Randle. There's not a lot of cap left over. It's a tough situation. Good we'll enough. see. You have like Josh Hart now, who is just falls into that falls, but you love him and that, but then he, it falls into that category of like Mikel Bridges is the best version of that guy. Yeah, and then it's like the Robert Covington model, the Josh Hart. Like these guys are just always available. Yeah, for not super expensive, <laughs> so it like, yeah. So yeah, it, I think I really think this is like one. I mean, the way the team's currently constructed, I think if you were could. Julius Randle for Donovan Mitchell or something like that. I think you have the bones there for it almost it almost reminds me of the Sixers in a little way in, in a small way of how 
you guys have been able to build on some of the young talent, like Tyrese Maxey coming in and stepping into a very large role. That Knicks equivalent feels like Emmanuel quickly. Uh, maybe not quite to the same degree, but what? That's the top one. Yeah, yeah, Kentucky guys. They're always good. Comparing Maxey to Emmanuel quickly. On that note, Sean, I really like this last topic you have, uh, the pressure to win. Who is under the most pressure to win the NBA Finals? Oh, yeah. Mm, that's a good one. You guys have on this. If you were guys on, and I'm not saying teams here, just because I think it would be like I don't know, but players, I feel like Harden, Harden's got to be up there. Yeah, mm. I mean the Sixers in general. Chris I, Paul could be his last yeah. go. Chris Paul, I think Chris Paul's over Harden. I with I mean that's definitely no, that the Suns, I don't think they're quite the betting favorite to win the NBA Finals, but they got, I mean, they got to win it this year. Right? They won 62 games last year, and they brought KD in. What about... Uh, we talked about this earlier on the pod of just, like, the difficulties of NBA superstars to gel on the fly like that. So it will be interesting to see come Especially play. Especially with them getting injured and yeah, the end of the regular season. What about the Nuggets? I mean, I, I maybe not to win the finals, but to at least make a run. I'd say Jokic is up there. Point, and you got to put the pressure on who who on the Nuggets has the most pressure on them. I feel like Jokic, has Jokic is the only one who has any pressure because they're, they're. I mean, MVP candidate. Can't no, I I totally around. agree, and I think I think at this point he is under way more pressure than someone like Embiid is For because sure. of the recent MVP success. I think that he's and and. Uh, the deep take Reddit NBA was saying that in Jokic is throwing the MVP to get the stress off the team. That he doesn't want it yeah. so that he doesn't have to have this huge stress going into the I team. legitimately don't think he cares at all. I just get that. I, I don't think he cares either. He to go home and ride his horses. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't agree either. I, sorry, I do agree with that. I don't agree with the NBA Reddit's deep tinfoil hat theory there. It's like a <laughs> play battle on purpose. <laughs> but... But yeah, I I think Jokic is up there. Um, do you think Kyrie has any pressure? I know he probably doesn't, but like, no. should there be? Because he's just been such a nut job in the NBA. But if he proves everybody wrong by the the Mavs team is horrible, I think he might have the most to gain. Right. Yeah, I agree. With like, that. I don't I don't think the pressure's on at all because I don't think anyone has any expectations. But if they come up big, like yeah. he'll he'll go right, he'll waltz right it's back. Not that I think the Mavs that, miss the playoffs. That's not impossible, right? No, now. not at all. <laughs> I think the Grizzly to say that the teams have a lot of gain by winning the finals. Yeah, uh, but I think the Grizzlies, yeah, are up there after one. everything that's happened. And yeah. I, I frankly, after the strip club picture, would love. Yeah, to I'd say that. even more than Ja, Dylan Brooks has been getting like. What's gonna come out uh, after if the Memphis if Memphis wins the finals? What's what kind of pictures and. and- <laughs> <laughs> Wild nights. One last team here before we end. I think the Clippers, Kawhi and PG. Kawhi's mm, won it, obviously, but that team's this is like their last go around. Yeah. Yeah. That's a what good one. I, I just think Embiid needs to have good playoffs and definitely make the conference finals. Another yeah. second round exit to get people set up. But I think he goes to the conference finals. Looks good. good. Um, all right, fellas. This was fun. Finch, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, listeners. Have a good one.